us come to draw closer to our Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to sing that song this morning, Draw Me Nearer, 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 Blessed Lord. I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and is told thy love to me, but I
well with my soul. It is well with my
you Lord Jesus you are the author and finisher of our faith Lord you have redeemed us from death oh God you have saved us from sin Lord Jesus you have annihilated us in us in our in our souls and in our lives oh God oh and it's by the blood of Jesus Christ that we worship you this morning Lord we thank you oh God we bless your name father oh hallelujah Jesus what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty work you have done in our lives, oh God. How we love you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As we go to prayer, I'd just like to sing this song. We have some serious needs in our midst. and I'd like to sing this little chorus. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, <clears throat> and by his stripes, we're already healed. Amen. We have a couple of testimonies before we sing. I'd just like to read out and express. Brother um, Brother Muchie was uh, just mentioning to me they had prayed for, was it last Wednesday or Sunday? Wednesday? Yes, they had come, he had come forward um, with a request for a pastor in Congo who was in the hospital, um, very ill, um, unable to breathe. I, you know, it was it was just very grave. So Brother Mushy came forward, and um, we they had prayer together. And he just wanted met me at the door before I came in. He just wanted to say that the Lord has brought this man out of the hospital and has raised him up as a pastor in Congo. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our Lord is the same. Amen. Praise God. And Brother George has got a testimony as well that uh, there was a young man that was prayed for on Wednesday that was lost. That's a friend of your father's. He was lost and he has been found. So we just want to thank God for that. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. A couple of prayer requests we have here. Um, Brother Sam Ray, is he? He's not there. Could you come and uh, 
take us to the throne of grace. And the brothers, if you wouldn't mind coming and taking up the offering as well. Amen. Sorry, Brother Sam, I just caught you unexpected there. Uh, a couple of prayer requests we have here. Um, one is for our our, uh, our brother Raymond Butler. Um, we prayed for him some time ago, and uh, he had an operation that um, there was a cancerous tumor that was removed from his colon. But uh, the doctor feels that <clears throat> there may have some cancer cells may have escaped, and so they're going to. Uh, do chemo treatments, I believe starting either today or tomorrow. So we just want to remember our brother Raymond Butler in prayer this morning. And uh, brother uh, Anselm and sister Antoinette on the island in Victoria. Sister Antoinette's mother has been uh, sick for quite a while. Um, I believe that's after she had COVID. She hasn't recovered um, the way she ought to. So we just want to bring our sister. She's in Rwanda. That's Sister Antoinette's mother, and we just want to bring that before the Lord in prayer as well. Um, I believe that's it. Um, just continue to remember the needs in our midst. Amen. Let's sing this uh, little chorus together. He was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our Sing that together one more time. Oh, he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquity. Surely he bore our sorrow. here this morning, Lord, where we could worship you and praise you, Lord, to give you glory, Lord Jesus, for our hearts are so hungry for you this morning. We've come, Lord, because your word said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled, O God. So we're here, Lord Jesus, to hear your word and be quickened and strengthened, Lord. Lord, you promised in our, in your word, they that would, would believe, Lord Jesus. We, we have our, our loved ones, our, our families that you've given us, Lord. It's our inheritance. It's our promise, O God. And we're just wanting to thank you, Lord, for you said your children are your inheritance, Lord. And so, Lord Jesus, we're thinking of Brother Raymond Butler, oh God. He's our family, oh God. You bless this, this congregation that we could spend time with him, Lord. And I pray, oh God, even now as he's suffering with this demon of cancer, I pray that you go forth, Lord Jesus, in power. Would you touch his body, oh God. We curse this demon of cancer that would try to choke his life, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would raise him up for your glory, oh God. It'd be a testimony that the power of the living God is in his church, Lord God. 
Lord Jesus, we hold them before you and we're thanking you for the answer, oh God. You said to, Lord, we gather ourselves together, our lips of fire, our faith that you place in our hearts, Lord Jesus. You said wherever two or three gathered in your name, you'd be there, oh God. So we're, we know that you're standing here in our midst and you will go forth, Lord Jesus, to answer our request, oh God. We're thinking of Brother Anselm and Sister Antoinette, oh God. Lord, Sister Antoinette's mother, sick, oh God, in body, so many miles away in Rwanda, Lord, but there's nothing more powerful than prayer, oh God. So tonight, this morning, oh God, in prayer, we're holding her up before you, Lord Jesus. Would you go through the airwaves, oh God, through time? I pray you'd go to her house, oh God, into her room, and you'd touch her body, Lord, as you walked in and touched... Lord, Peter's mother-in-law, oh God, touch Sister Antoinette's mom, Lord, I pray. Lord Jesus, we're, we're come here to, to praise you this morning and we're, we're in anticipation of the service, Lord, of Brother Murphy, oh God, and Lord, set himself aside to pray, to, to prepare himself, Lord, I just pray that you'd use him for your glory, oh God, I pray that he would speak the words of life, Lord, would you take our lives, change us to be more like you, oh God, Lord, take the world away from us, oh God, let us be more like you, I pray. Lord, we're just commit this service and this time with you. We ask it in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Sam. You can have your seats this morning as they take up the offering. God bless it. Let's sing it's Jesus on the inside working towards the outside. Oh, what a change. What a difference in my life. Amen. It's Jesus on the inside, working toward the outside, making a difference in my life. Oh, it's Jesus on the inside, working toward the outside, making a difference in my life. It's the Holy Ghost on the inside, working toward the outside, making my life is the Holy Ghost on the inside, working toward the outside, making a difference in my life. It's the Word on the inside, toward the outside, making a difference in my life. It's the Word on the inside, working toward the outside. Making a difference in my life, it's Jesus, oh, it's Jesus on the inside, working toward the outside, making a difference in my life, oh, it's Jesus on the inside, working toward the outside, making a difference in my life, hallelujah, amen. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. My, it's good to worship the Lord together, isn't it? And just thank Him for His grace and mercy, for His love upon us. Hallelujah. We have a a baby dedication this morning. Um, Just before they come, i got one announcement here. And that is uh, Brother John Drake's celebration of life will be taking place this Friday, August the 6th. Um, due to COVID <laughs> restrictions still in place, we're restricted to a specific number that can attend. So all who wish to attend are welcome, but need to reserve a seat, just like we used to do for coming to church. 
Um, the link containing all the information for the memorial, including seat reservation, is posted on the bulletin board by the church office. And there's also going to be a link posted on web, the Bible Way website for those unable to attend. Amen. You get that? There's a bulletin on the back if you need more info. Amen. All right. Brother Phil and Sister Melissa, they're going to bring their little daughter to have dedicated this morning. And maybe we can just sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Amen. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Wow, what a wonderful looking family, isn't it? Amen, Brother Phil and Sister Melissa. They're standing here with their quiver. And we're seeing a few arrows in it right now. And we're going to have a baby dedication, dedication for Martha Jane. And she's a darling. And she's been waiting for a long time for this event to take place. Mom and Dad also. And uh, Brother Gil, Sister Karen, I'm sure this is a very proud moment for you. And uh, the Grunert family got to be happy. I see them standing there at attention. And Mom and Dad, Grandma and Grandpa, to these children. It's, um, it's a marvelous thing to see the hand of the Lord within our own lives. And uh, we want to thank the Lord for that. And take that moment, Brother Phil. And I was thinking as, as God would have it. And to think that Sister Shauna, as a young lady, she was led of the Lord. And Brother Glenn was led of God to, to unite together and be a husband and wife. And bring forth these beautiful children that are now ladies and young men. And Brother uh, Gil and Sister Karen to have Brother Philip here and... It's just amazing, the grace of God. And we can surely say that his lines have fallen on pleasant places within our lives. And to see now this little jewel cradled in her mother's arms, Brother Phil, who would have thought you'd have three children just a few years ago? And and now we see the the hand of the Lord. And God's blessed you with a, a beautiful family, Sister Melissa. I'd like to take a look at a little bit of a scripture for Martha. No, and, and it wouldn't be... Uh, too far to say Martha in the scripture uh, had a, a special place. And at first, of course, we find in Luke where she's busy around the house. And she's, and, and, and Mary saying, you know, Lord, can't Martha sit at the feet of Jesus? And, you know, there's a growth that takes place within all of our lives. And uh, the next time Martha is mentioned, she saw the coming of the Lord. And she was the first one that jumped up and said, the Lord is come. And she sent a message back to Mary. So you can see how her spiritual life was now being affected. And Martha means lady. And lady of the house, actually, if you take a look at it. And a lady of the home. And Titus, he writes in the scriptures that these young women should be keepers of the home. And so I, 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 she's anointed for that already. Yes, 
She's anointed for it. And in her middle, her name is Jane. Gracious and merciful. And so these are powerful names that God is able to take that characteristic and start molding their lives. And Brother Bram said the thing about Martha was she was reverent. She was reverent. And she could have said to the master because of Lazarus and he had already been dead four days. Why didn't you come when you first called? He said she was reverent. She came in simplicity. She approached in humility. And may the Holy Spirit take this little child and may those qualities of that characteristic be her portion. And you, you look at these, uh, this beautiful young couple here. It didn't come with, uh, uh, without a lot of prayer, a lot of dedication in a home and brought forth a, a beautiful young couple. Now this young couple has to have a home that will create that kind of atmosphere that the beauty of Jesus will come out of Sister Martha Jane Ashdown. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. So often we say, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. But Lord, at this baby dedication, may the beauty of Jesus be seen in this darling, Martha Jane. She's cradled now in mother's arms, and daddy as the high priest stands at his post of duty. They are dedicating their daughter. We're standing united, praying that the Holy Spirit will so overshadow her, Lord, that the very natures we spoke of this morning in simplicity, in humility, will be her portion. She'll be a lady of the home that she will entreat many if God should tarry. And may, Lord, the, the heart only speak of you. We ask, Lord, that you will take this jewel, that you'll put a hedge around her. May she walk in the beauty of Christ. And may she be healthy and strong. And may she be used of the Lord. Bless her now. Bless this home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Marvelous. That's the wonderful part of being able to dedicate these children. To see the, the beauty of of health, the beauty of life. Well, today we um, want to make a little bit of an announcement because of camp coming up. And Brother Michael and the brothers, the deacons, Sam and different ones, have their, with a desire to have something for the Canadian people as we'll be down in the stateside. So we're looking to have a park um, being ready on the Saturday. And every service will be streamed here. So Saturday, um, Thursday, Friday morning, Saturday morning, and Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. So the church will be open for those that would like to gather and uh, hear the ministry of the Word of God. Then on Saturday, there will be sort of a picnic time where you can fellowship and uh, have a time together. And um, I'm sure it will be a blessed time. And we'll be at camp, so pray for us. We're going to have a wonderful time by the grace of God. And it will be something special for the uh, saints on the U.S. side that we have missed dearly. And... Um, we're looking forward to seeing Brother Wayne Lawson minister in the evening and Brother David Myers speaking in the morning. So God bless you.
as we, as the brothers prepare for this. The details are coming for where. They had applied for one park and it was unavailable. So they will let you know, we'll let you know Wednesday or Sunday of next week. So God bless you. Amen. We'll invite Brother Murphy to come and minister this morning. Maybe we can just uh, stand together and let's sing this song, Majesty, and worship His Majesty. Oh, Majesty, worship His Majesty unto Jesus be all glory. same time still remember our dear brothers and uh, sisters um, on the U.S. side. You know, my heart is so burdened for them. I was, uh, even woke up this morning uh, thinking about that our brothers uh, in the U.S. side. I said, Lord, Satan has deprived them. Satan has tried to done the havoc, but Lord, we're going to pray and believe and we want to see our dear brothers sitting here, standing with us, worship the Lord. So we pray and we believe. And so that's what we're praying for. We know that God is going supernaturally do things that's far beyond what we think than what we imagine. And bring our dear brothers and sisters here so that we can worship together and enjoy each other. 
and uh, strengthen each other on the journey to heavenly places. So uh, if you don't mind, I just want to uh, take to the scripture uh, right away. Book of uh, Genesis chapter t- 22. Book of Genesis chapter 22. Let's read from uh, verse uh, 7. Book of Genesis chapter 22, verse 7. Let's read it uh, until verse 14. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they were both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hands upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And we saw God coming down to stop Abraham. But God never stopped him before this event. Abraham has to believe, has to make a move, and then offer his son Isaac. Literally, he determined to do that. In God's mind, God has to provide the lamb. And in Abraham's mind, he's already slain his son. In his mind, this thing is already done. There's no doubt of it, but he believed he was resurrected. But when he made up his, his mind, he made that move toward that destination, the sovereign grace take it over. He said, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Let's turn to uh, uh, Gospel John chapter uh, 17. Uh, I haven't been uh, using this scripture in the last uh, uh, couple of the services. Uh, and so I'm going to uh, use it as a uh, uh, part of this scripture again, and the Lord's will, and I will try to connect it with we, uh, the scripture we just read. And the uh, book of John, chapter 17. And now I am no more in the world, but this are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, 
but the son of a perdition, that a scripture might be fulfilled. Let's just bow our head again. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to this secret moment again, Lord. We worship you in the spirit, and now we're worshiping you in truth. So, Lord, we ask you to open up your word to us. Lord, the man can speak, man can prepare, can study. But, Lord, it take the Holy Spirit to take the word of a God and direct it and put it into the heart of the children. Because that's the, is this word can transform us. Is this word that has kept at us. So, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit that move it amongst us, Lord. Feed your sheep, Lord. Lord, our heart is a burden for the people that uh, right now that's watching the service, that they're on their, uh, in their room and that are watching this on the monitor. And on the other side of the border, Lord, that's not what it's supposed to be, Lord. They're supposed to be here because you want your children to be here. You want your children to come together to worship you. Because when we know that day is approaching, we should even gather more of self together. So, Lord, I just pray, let a supernatural God come on the scene. We're believing that God is omnipotent. We're believing that God that will do things that, that is impossible, Lord. Or we don't want it in the future. We want now, Lord. Lord, we don't want it in the year, months later. Lord, we are not depending on what is the garment say. We're depending on what you say, Lord. So, Lord, you just speak, Lord. Let it move into the hearts of the governor or whoever that's making all this ruse, Lord. You said in the proverb, said that the heart of the king in the hands of a god it's just like the water of the, in the river. You let it turn wherever that you want them to turn. So, Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for the word that you give it to us. Lord, we pray that you fulfill what you have said. Lord, move in the authorities of heart. Open up the border so that the people that can come up here and that we can go down, Lord. And that let us border just make it into nothing so that we can all gather together and that we just come together to worship you, Lord. Lord, take away all these rules. Take away all this whatever the restriction is, Lord. You are the one that can make the things that are impossible become possible. We thank you, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Lord willing, I would like to speak of the title, Jehovah Jireh. So um, as we uh, just read to the, uh, the scripture there, uh, Jehovah Jireh, actually it means uh, the Lord uh, sees. Uh, that means that the Lord has saw. When he saw certain things uh, that are happening, and that is it moves into the God's of the heart, then he starts to move, then he starts to provide a lamb, a ram that are for uh, Abraham. And so we find out, uh, uh, we know that our God is an omnipotent God. That means that God is an almighty. So don't let the omnipotent word that uh, throw it off. That means that God is almighty. That means that uh, He can do everything. Then there's not a one thing that a God cannot do. No matter what it is, a man has said, but a God has already said that. If the God said He is an almighty God, then He is an omnipotent, then everything that He has promised that will come to pass. 
So I, but it behooved to us that we are, should believe what God has said and that I put our faith into that action. It's not just to put our faith, uh, put on a shelf, said we believe this and we believe that, but to put our faith into the action to believe every word of God is the truth, is the and an amen. And we saw when God was doing things that He can transform the person. And that the person, it seems like in an impossible situation, but God has, uh, His specialty is His working in the impossible. That He can change it to the person in the most uh, unseemingly that a condition that God all of a sudden and move in and that all of a sudden makes the things as a, uh, just prepare and change that person's heart and that a person can give it as his heart to the Lord, which we have a witness just in the last uh, little while. And, uh, but God is not also about, God is not only just transform, just um, conquer and uh, changing the people, but God also, He's a uh, keeper. You find out that to keep, that is the most difficult. And in this history of the world, you saw a lot of a conqueror. And they can conquer, uh, almost conquer the world. Uh, we, we can name some name. The great, um, uh, the, uh, the man that called, uh, uh, great Alexander. That he, uh, conquered almost, uh, the known world that in that day. And that he go all the way to the, uh, to, uh, you know, conquer the Persia and go all the way to the, the east. We can see that he's a great conqueror. But he cannot keep his kingdom. Just in this at about the 30, then uh, he uh, gave it himself to the drinking and everything. And then uh, he died. And that after he died, just in a little while, his kingdom uh, just split it in half. And then uh, where is that kingdom today? It just evaporated into nothing. And we saw that, uh, uh, the Genghis Khan, that uh, he's uh, conquered uh, almost uh, the whole Asia, a known world in that time. And then go all the way to uh, uh, Europe, uh, conquered uh, uh, all the countries. Uh, he's a great conqueror. But after he died, he cannot keep his, his kingdom. Within a few years, his the kingdom just falling apart. And if we bring it to nowadays, we saw that even America that are going to the Iraq, they're going to, they conquered that country just within about a month of time. That whole country is just falling on the, on their knee. Then they come, they go into Afghanistan. They don't even have a chance to, uh, uh to a defeat, uh, to a fight against the U.S. And then it just in a few months, they conquered the country. But just recently, after year after year, but he cannot keep that of what they have, uh, uh, the victory that they have. Just within the last few, uh, a few weeks, and the, the U.S. Army pulled themselves out. Right after they pulled the, pulled the army out, the Taliban just uh, followed them, just take it over again. We saw there's a many conquer that in this world that he can conquer then uh, uh, the kingdom, uh, then go in and uh, to conquer the, the people, even like a Julius Caesar, that he uh, uh, go to uh, Gaul, that uh, uh, today's uh, friends. Then after he go in there, he done a, such a swift uh, uh, victory to conquer that he, he even to say the most famous word, probably one of the most famous word, said "vedi, veni, vici." That means I came, I saw, I conquer. That's but that's about it. But our Lord is not just I came, I saw, I conquer. He said I also came. It's not just to transform you. I said also, I can also keep you. 
I'm not only just to let you come to the altar, then you dedicate your life to the Lord, give your heart to the Lord. I can keep whatever that you dedicated it to me until that day. God is not just a God, just to transform, just to conquer your soul. Then in one day, then in two days, and then the next day, He lost you. He said, I came. I saw your need. He said, I conquer. Then He said, I'm going to keep you until the end. Brother Bram said in the junction of a time, he said, but here is a great miracle. The miracle was how God has his believing child tucked away in the ark of safety. All the time the thunder was going on. He talked about it in Noah's time. The rain was falling. Noah was resting in the ark of God. Predestinated, foreordained to walk into that ark. When the plague was falling, Noah was at a rest in the safety. Who, who had been laughed at and then entered into the rest. So God is not only just called Noah, but God also prepared Noah, led Noah to prepare that ark and also take him into that ark to keep him through all this time of a flood. And during all this plague was going on, God is keeping power. How He keep Noah in that age, God is keeping us in this age. Is it a keeping power is of, of God is when the whole world in such a confusion. Just like in Noah's time, and the, the flood was going, and the, the people were streaming. But God took Noah the way that into the ark that He has prepared that go through all this flood. And so God in this age, He also prepared the ark, the word in this hour. The word is not only just to change your life, but the word also keep your life. The word, not just, the word of God, not just only give your husband, that you give your heart to, to each other, give your wife. The word is also can keep your marriage. Sometimes your marriage can go to the low ebb. Sometimes your marriage can go through to the time that the different thoughts that are coming to your mind. But don't you ever think of that when you give your heart to each other, love at each other. Well, God put you together. God is going to keep that relationship. And if God gave it to the children, when you cannot have it to children, if God gave it to children to you, He mean to keep that children. He mean not to the other world to take that children out of the way. He's the God that has the keeping power. When the world is such a confusion, in the darkness as of what we're having now, how we need the God that can keep us. But He gave us the Word that can keep us. It's the Word in this hour that it took us into that other safety so that we can rest in the arm of God. And then the brother Abraham said that those who they laugh and they make fun of today because you desire to live a full surrendered life to the Lord Jesus that they don't realize is you are tucked away under his everlasting arm, under his everlasting arms. Don't realize that you are resting just as safely as you can be in that omnipotence and nothing can harm you. As I said, omnipotence means almighty, that God is all powerful. So that the power, as I said, is not only change you, but he's also keep what he has been changed. Until that day. But he taken a full surrender to life. 
in order for you to be in the safety. In another word, a full surrenderness. I don't know if they have a, such a word or not. But it takes the full surrenderness to put you into safety. Many times when we're talking about God keeping us, God guarding us, God protecting us, well, we're in our mind, we're thinking God try to restrict on us. We're thinking God try to, uh, you know, just refrain us to do the certain things, but they don't understand God's keeping power is to keep you safe. Is that try to governing you with certain rules or with a certain uh, uh, things? Uh, uh, try to say you can't do this, you can't do that. God doing the keeping is to keep you in safety. The word of a God is sending it to us. Is sending it to us for our safety. The word of a God is giving it to us. Is for us to have a rest. So when we talk about a surrender ourselves to it, it's not said that you're in that prison is all the time and there's a, there's a guard there trying to watching you just to try to prevent you from escape. No, it's not that. It's the God keeping power. It's the keeping what you have surrendered until to that day. Surrender to God is not like you surrender yourself to send you to the labor camp. When you surrender to God, God prepared a glorious home for you. When you surrendered to Him, He prepared a glorious blessing to you. When you surrender to Him, He sends you the safest place you can ever be in. Well, the drug cannot offer you, the alcohol cannot offer you, the woman cannot offer you, anything cannot offer you, but God can offer you, can offer you the peace that you need. You don't need a drug to keep your peace. He can order you the blessing. You don't need entertainment to try to please you. He can order you, he can offer you the joy that you don't need to go to the chasing the woman or chasing the boy. You start to pleasing you. When you surrender everything to the Lord, the Lord said, I'll keep you safe. I'll keep your marriage. I'll keep your children. I'll keep everything that you haven't given to me. It's not you surrender. Seems like that your, your privilege was deprived. But to God change your taste. He changed the what you are and the go- put you into the glorious state that you never experienced it before. If I didn't come to Canada, living in China, I would never know what freedom is. But because I surrender my citizenship over there, I come over here, I know what it's the freedom is. I live in that other freedom. It's the same thing. If you don't surrender what you're in the pig pen, you can never be enjoying what God's blessing that it is worthy to give it to us. And in a junction of time, Brother Bram said you have to come in contact with omnipotence. And then when you do that, you're in contact with the supernatural. The world doesn't know what is the supernatural is. I'm afraid that many Christians don't know what is the supernatural is either. And the church world today, they can offer people rules. They can offer people uh, some doctrines. They can offer people theology. They can offer people 
that moral standard. But it can never offer people supernatural God. It's not that the church can offer the supernatural God. It's God give it to the person who totally surrender himself to him. I'll say even Cloverdale Bible way cannot offer you a supernatural God. That supernatural God is to a certain individual. We can introduce you to the two that's a supernatural God. But it takes you having a personal experience to get in contact with Him. You saw that the people, they can experience the healing. And that they can experience miracles. They can uh, experience, they can saw that a God is as a moving. But it takes that a person himself to really experience that a personal God that is a, become a person to him. Because when you get a contact with him, then you're in contact with the supernatural. You're not just in contact with the natural. You're not just in contact with a certain rules or with a certain, the, the dress has to be a certain lens. You know, you have to be a certain moral character. You cannot do this. You don't do that. That is not a supernatural God. That is an educational God. That you can educate the person to tell the people. If you tell the people enough, you can make them to follow the rule. If you are teaching the, the people, uh, people enough, let them in that environment, uh, the whole, the, uh, the nice the environment enough. They can be a good boy. They can be a good girl. They can be a good church member, but they need to get in contact with the supernatural God. You have to come in contact with the omnipotence. And then when you do that, you're in contact with the supernatural. Then Brother Brown said, then your life change, your thinking change, your mind change, you're made different. He said, your sickness vanished. He said, God's great power moving in. In the junction of time, he said, there's a people in the world today, after 2,000 years of a gospel preaching, don't know what it means to be born again of the Spirit of God. They don't know what omnipotence means. What that God in this great omnipotent, in his omnipotent, great omnipotent power that can transform a soul from a straight sinner to an angelic position in God's kingdom as a son and daughter of a God. It's not that they patch it up. It has to be a new birth. It's not to try to patch up the first birth. It's to rebirth. The reason that a person needs to be born again is because the first birth is wrong. If the first birth is right, all you need to just wash it up, then it will be fine. But you need to be born again because your first birth is wrong. You might be born from the prostitute. Your first birth is wrong, not because of the mom is the prostitute. Every person's first birth is wrong. You're born into the church without a born again. That is still wrong. Because every first birth is a born from sex. And that birth is the wrong birth. No matter you're born in the pastor's home, or you're born in the deacon's home, that first birth is wrong. Every boy and girl, every person need to be born again. It's not to repatch it up for the first birth. 
It's not to try to reform the first birth. It has to be born again. Not born from a church again. Not born from a certain doctrine in it again. Not born from a certain ethic in it again. It has to be born from above. It has to be born from an omnipotent. This message is the omnipotent of God in the word of form. But you cannot just take it into your mind. You must bring from your mind to your heart. Then the word of God will literally change your life. Change your nature. And then you got in contact with the supernatural God. Then the supernatural things start to happening that is in your life. But a birth is a mess. When you have a birth from above, it takes the full surrender. Every birth is a mess. No matter that you're born in a hospital, or you're born outside of a hospital, or you're born in the pig pen or whatever. Every birth is a mess. Before the birth, you look at when a woman was conceived. And uh, all of a sudden, they become the center of the whole uh, whole family. I think your mom can say the amen. Everything started to circulate around the mom. The mom's position becomes such an elevated. And then when you... Uh, when a woman was conceived, the daddy is a pre-daddy, I'll say. It was not a daddy yet. And the pre-daddy, his whole focus is on the mom. Have to feed her right. Have to, uh, you know, go out for a walk. And if your mom said, I think that the baby want to hear the music. Well, the baby doesn't have a year yet. He said, well, I think that she want to hear it. The baby want to hear it. The daddy has to play on the music so that the baby, I don't think the baby want to hear, I think it's the mama want to hear. And it said, well, the baby want to hear the story. What are you talking about? It doesn't grow the brain yet. I think the mama want to hear it. So they have to tell the story. And then it said, I want to go for a walk. You sure it's not a baby want to go for a walk? And then you have to take her and go for a walk. Everything centered on that conceived mom. Why? Because she conceived. Because she got a seed in her. Because she got a life that is in her. And but, when it comes to birth, there's nobody can help her that. You don't, you don't hear the music that in the labor room, you hear screaming. You don't tell a story that when your, when your mom, when a mom is the one who gave a birth, it's not there. Those music, those story, everything else, they're just done away with because now it comes to a birth. Before the people that have it be born again, every focus is on them. The music is for them to be yield themselves to the Lord. The preaching of the world, the word is for them to yield themselves to the Lord. Why? Because they got a potential. They got a seed of God inside of them. We have the school over there. Focus on them. Why have to be focused on them? Because there's a potential in there. There's a life that is in there. Mom and dad, they're, they're talking to them. They're having devotion with them. Why? Because all focus is on them. Life has to come. Life is already in there, but still in the sea form. 
And we have a camp. Every focus is on them. Why have to be that? Because there's a life in there. Because there's a seed word that has to be in there. But it needs to be manifest. But when it comes to birth, music doesn't work. Preaching doesn't work. All of that, all of a sudden, lost to the effect. Birth is a personal thing. There's a no we in the birth. There's only you in that birth. All the focus is when you have the seed. We know you have a life in there. But birth is a personal thing. Birth is a mess. You must be born again. Your daddy cannot help you. Your mommy cannot help you. Preacher cannot even help you. You have to come personally getting in contact with an omnipotent God. That taking a person fully surrendered himself. You don't need a lot of a teaching to teach you how to surrender. It's just a moment of a time. When God is dealing with you, then you give yourself full his dealingship. When Abraham, when God called him, God called Abraham, said, come out from the land of Chaldean. Come out of Or, go to the land I'll show to you. He doesn't even know where to go yet. Because God has showed his will all the way to the end. You're going to have a son. Your son's name is going to be Isaac. And you're going to, you know, they got an inheritance of the whole land and everything. No, God didn't show that. When God is dealing with Abraham, he's just dealing with him by one sentence. You don't need to know a lot of the whole thing. What is the future going to be? If I give it up, this is what I'm going to be. There's no such a thing. All you need to do when God dealing with you, you say yes. Does Abraham become a such a saint right after that? Does his life was a completely change? No. Abraham hear the word, then he followed the word. Then God continually revealed Himself to Abraham. When you give your heart to the Lord, doesn't mean all of a sudden you become a saint. It's a process. The other day, Brother Roy was said the thing was quite a struggle with me. He said when you are fishing. You get a hook on the fish. You're real the man. He said, oh, do you, when you got to the fish, is the fish already cleaned up? No. You got a raw fish. He got every stuff inside of him. You have to guard him, then clean them. You have to be hooked up by the word of a God. When God speaks to you, God hook it up and He roll you in. You say, Lord, I'm coming. And then the cleaning process. Get a guts off, get a guilt out, steal them and off. Cleaning is later. You don't fishing a clean fish. You, you hook a raw fish. But as long as that fish got hooked with the word of a God, God will claim that. That's why we need to be born. When we talk about a born again, it doesn't mean he cleaning it up all of a sudden. You just become a, uh, you're going to heaven ready. 
It's a process. Abraham, when God called him, God just called him to get out of it. Then he just followed that word. And then when he followed that word, he stepped it out. He surrendered. Does, does Abraham surrender? He surrendered in the lights that God shined upon him. Then he surrendered. He come out. Then God said, you're going to surrender more. You got lots with you. We got lots with us. He said, you got to separate it from a lot. I think we got to separate it from a lot. He said, you separated from a lot. The lights shine on him. Look what it did. Abraham said, I surrender. He said, Lodge, you go choose whatever you want to choose. And Lodge, guess what? The Lodge automatically choose to the Sodom. Don't let me get on that. That's on my subject. Let me focus on here. So when God said to Abraham, said, separate yourself from Lot. And Abraham, under that light, he surrendered. When he surrendered, he go on. But in that during the process, Lot, uh, Abraham made a mistake. He go down to the Egypt. Does God get rid of him? God, does God just ride him off, throw him off of the bus? No. When God has chosen Abraham, he will keep him. When he reeled him in, he will clean him. He will make sure that you will be on the table of the Lamb's feast. Amen. He will make sure to do that. He's not only just to call you, but he's also going to keep you. Amen. If he's going to call you, he will keep you Amen. to the end. But your responsibility, you yield yourself. Whenever God dealing with you, you yield yourself. When Abraham hear the calling of a God, he doesn't understand a whole lot, but he said, Lord, I come. Then when he yield, Lord, clean him up. And then afterward, does the Lord, does Abraham become a, such a sinner again? No, he made a mistake and again. But does God write him off? Never write him off. God is a God ever keeping power. This is the time for God to manifest his keeping power. You that give your heart to the Lord. He got a hook on you. He got his the word that give it to you. Then the process happened. God, but don't you worry. God is going to keep you. And Abraham even, even when his body changed. Even when Abraham's body and Sarah's body changed. We're thinking, Abraham, now you're past the test. You got a body change. You got a, uh, you know, you're, you're ready to give it to the birth. But just right before he gave it to birth, the king of Abimed, uh, Abimed, uh, whatever that is. And look at the Sarah just a change, transformed into the young girl and the fall in love with her. And what Abraham did, his old flesh is come back again. He said, just tell her, tell him that you're my sister. Does God give him up? Does God write him off? God has a keeping power. And you do the same thing. When God calls you, you yield yourself. Don't, don't have the word what if. There's no what if. When God calls you, here I come. And if you fall, 
and the God will continue dealing with you, you come back at it again. It's just a cleaning process, brother Roy. Is Philip's daughter's name a Martha? I think I just overheard that. That's in my notes I'm going to talk it about. We saw the Bible and it talked about a Martha. I know I shared this a little before, but I want to come to it on another angle and to share it about this. And a Martha, Brother Bram said, he got an omnipotent face. Let me read you what he said. Reverend said in an uncertain psalm, he said, that's one too positive admit. That's one too omnipotent admit. When one omnipotent Martha had, she had a perfect omnipotent faith in Christ. And Christ was omnipotent. She had a perfect infinite faith in Christ that he was the Lord and know that whatever he asked of God, God would give it to him. In other words, she said, you just speak the word. That's all you have to do. Whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. That's the omnipotence. All powerful. He was all powerful. That's when two powers, two omnipotence of power, mixed together, it's a contact then. Martha, she got an omnipotent faith. To Jesus. Whatever Jesus said, she know it will come to pass. But Martha has to move. Jesus never went in to where Martha's at to have a pity party with her. Jesus never went in to where Martha's at and to cry with her. Oh, it's okay. You know, Lazarus is dead, but it's all right. You know, he was resurrected. No, Jesus never go to comfort him. Her, I mean. Jesus waiting at the outside, waiting Martha to make a move, come to him. True omnipotent has to meet. Then resurrection happened. Without Martha come to meet Jesus, to said what she said, her brother was never going to be resurrected. It has to be too omnipotent. Met. Then the supernatural, the miraculous start to happen. So Martha, she got omnipotent faith. Though she's seemingly that I'm not a very spiritual person in the chapter, a few chapters of the before. She was busy with her work. She was busy and do this and and, and and do that. And even Jesus rebuked her. Said, Mary, God was already, uh, God, what she, uh, what she had asked for. She said, you've been bothered by too many things. But this time, Martha did it right. Just before the resurrection, Martha did the right thing. Before the dead come back to life, the Martha did the right thing. She heard that Jesus coming. When she heard Jesus coming, she went out to her misery. She left all this pity party. Woe unto me. She went to meet Jesus. Jesus has to wait for Martha to make that move. To let herself 
come out of where she's at. And then he speaks to them. And then the Martha said, the Lord, if you were here, my brother wouldn't die. But even now, that is the faith. That is the omnipotent faith. Lord, I'm in the trial, but even now. Lord, my loved one is in the way, but even now. Lord, I'm a sick, but even now. Even now doesn't mean you have a revelation. Even now doesn't mean you have a vision to saw what is coming. Even now means, Lord, regardless. I don't understand. I don't have a firm something confirmed. I don't say me like to have a revelation yet. But even now, your word has said so. I believe it. I don't see it. I don't feel that. But even now. That's the faith Jesus is looking for. Jesus doesn't looking for the how many books that you read. Jesus doesn't looking for how many revelations that you have. Jesus doesn't, doesn't know that how faithful you are. Come to the church, pay your tithe, pay the offering, which that's your duty you're supposed to. But Jesus is not looking for that. Jesus is looking for one thing. Even now, Lord. Then later on, Martha said, Lord, even now, whatever you said, it will come to pass. And Jesus said, your brother were resurrected. Even Martha has her own understanding. He said, yeah, he's a good boy. That's what Brother Ramon said. He will one day, he will resurrect it in a general resurrection. But Jesus said, I am a resurrection. I am the life. I can resurrect a, a dead one. And also, I'm not a resurrector of a dead one. I am a resurrection and I am a life. I'm not going to just resurrect you and lose you. I am a life. The life will continue on. The life will go to the end. The life, no matter how dead it can be, but the life have a keeping power. He said, I am a resurrection, but I'm also life. They that believe me will never die. Why? Because of the life source has came. But Abraham said, I was going to, to choke, I was going to choke it, but I'm going to say it. Man, is omnipotent. You don't believe that, but he is. A man fully surrendered to God is omnipotent. He said, what happened when two omnipotent meet? When God and man come together through omnipotence, something is going to shake. Whatsoever you say with the creative power of omnipotence of a God, which you possess already, that's the word in this hour, knowing that he has a prom- promised it, and he said it in his word, he creates a power that goes out yonder. No matter how far it seems that promise is, no matter how far it seems like your children has been well, away with, 
Brother, he said, the creative power will go out yonder and bring things to pass. Things that is not, it makes them as though they are because the two omnipotent had met. That's the power that Jesus possessed. And that's the power that you possessed. But it takes that two omnipotent to meet together. To take that faith to believe that what he has said. But it must be two that omnipotent met. The faith has to receive what God has said to be the truth. Even now, no matter what situation that is. But she possessed that omnipotent faith. But Martha has to make that move. She had to surrender all her relatives. And to the pity party. And they have been saying that they're crying everything. And she come out to meet God. Then Jesus said that I brought her. Shall rise it again. Jesus said I am nothing uncertain about that. I am the both resurrection and life. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. The power of a resurrection of our dead children is also the same power of keeping power. That the life that shall never die. He said there is nothing uncertain about it. He said, it believes thou this. Oh, God is a conqueror. And he's also a keeper. In Philippians 1.6, it said, be in confidence of this very thing. Be confident in this very thing. He which has begun a good work. Do you believe he begun a good work? When God starts something, he never starts a bad work. When God starts something, always good. When you saw a person by the word of a God, God dealing with them and touching their heart, is always he begun a good work. It's not just some feeling, it's not just a mental conception, but it's a God started a good work. And when he began a good work in you, he will perform it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what it's a perform means? Perform means to bring to an end. It's not just to keep on doing that. Hey, bring to an end. Some people can keep on doing certain things without going anywhere. That's on the treadmill. That's the most bizarre thing ever. You're sweating out. Your knee hurt. You didn't have gone farther one meter. What are you used to that? God never do that. When He doing things, He making progress. He's not just a treading mill, just riding in another place. He said, "I'm going to the bring to the end." When I'm when He started doing things, He began to work. He's going to perfect it. When He's doing work, the the Bible word of a performance to accomplish, He will accomplish. He will execute. He will complete. To take upon himself. He said, you made a move, Brother Jim. 
I'm going to take care of the rest of it. You made a move, Gabe. But I'm going to take this upon myself. I'm going to carry you to the end. He take it upon himself. In another word, Jesus said, this is my job. You have done your duty. You surrender yourself. You give your heart to me. As I said, it doesn't take long. You take it a moment of a time. As soon as God dealing with you, you give your yield yourself to them. Then he said, I will take this as my job. I'm going to bring this to an end. And 2 Timothy 1.12 For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hallelujah. If you commit yourself to him. Like Martha doesn't have a revelation yet. But God dealing with you. Something talking in you. That's all God needs. And then you committed it to him. He said, I will keep you against that day. God called Abraham out. He also kept it, Abraham. Till he got what God has promised. He called Noah in a scientific age. He also kept Noah through the flood. He called Peter. Just by two words, follow me. Something tugging into Peter. Peter never saw that he's going to deny Jesus three times. Peter never saw, never saw that he walked on the water but a few seconds and started drowning. Peter never saw that Jesus first said, said, I'll build my church upon this rock. And then the second chapter, the next chapter, then Peter come to a point and says, Lord, don't go to the cross. Don't do that. Jesus said, Satan, I rebuke you. Get behind me. Peter never saw all of that. Jesus only gave him a two words. Follow me. That's what Jesus did to you. Follow me. You said, what if? What about this? What about that? What that to do with you? As Brother Tim has said. I dealing with you. And I will keep whatever you committed against that day. Jesus just said, Peter, follow me. And then Peter denied him three times. But Jesus still can keep Peter. In spite of his denial. In spite of Peter's failure. Jesus never write him off. And he would do the same thing to you. In in John 17. What I was wisdom in the world, the scripture we just read, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. Keep is coming from the word to see, to behold. So when Jesus said, I kept them, I, oh, he said, I kept them in thy name. Thou, those that thou givest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost. So keep is means to see, to behold. 
the for coming from the word to see, behold, perceive, consider, to look on, and it also has the meaning to see, to be a spectator, to look at, to behold, to view attentively. That is the word that it keep that coming from. When God said, "I will keep you," it actually means I'm beholding you, I'm watching you. I keep my eye fixed on you. Not to this sea is different from there's other Greek word for sea. The other word Greek the word for sea is to keep you run away, to keep you from escaping. But this is a different sea. This sea is to make sure nobody gonna take you away. It's not to preventing you to escape. If you go, you can go. But as Peter said, Lord, whom shall we go? Amen. It's not that the Lord tried to hold you. Said, don't you do that? Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? You're gonna fall again if you do this. You, I'm gonna swear, I'm gonna whip you. No, never. His seeing is to fix his eye on you, so that nobody can come take what he has got away from him. He's watching you. He's keeping you. When dangers come, He's keeping you. He's watching you for your benefit, for your welfare. And also this scene means this word is not used of an indifferent spectator. It's not a... In, do you understand that? It's not an indifferent spectator. But of one who looks at a thing with interest and for a purpose. He's not just a spectator. You know, Tim, you just do whatever you want to do. No, no, no. He's not just a spectator. Just looking at it. You're doing the thing. No. He's a, he's not an indifferent spectator, but one look at things with interest and for a purpose. He's keenly looking on you. He fixes his eye on you and for a purpose. It's like when God looked at an Abraham when he sacrificed Isaac. God is not an indifferent spectator. Just said, okay, Abraham, you just offer Isaac. I'm not going to care about it. No. God looked at Abraham with interest and also for a purpose. He looked at Abraham when he was a put his son Isaac on an altar and his lift up as a knife. God looked at that with interest. He got a keen interest in that. And when Abraham laid his knife down, God take a hold of the hand of Abraham and said, Stop, don't do it. God has saw that. When he's watching certain things, he watches with intense interest about what you're doing. He's not just spectating you, let you to do your own thing, but he is the one watching you to do. What's the purpose of him watching you to do? The purpose he watching Abraham to sacrifice an Isaac is not only to stop him, but after stop him, God said, I saw you, Abraham. The Bible said, seeing thou has not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. Then when God see it, sovereign grace 
take his place. When God saw Abraham made a move without a regret, low without a revelation, but God saw Abraham yield himself, surrender himself, and put his son on the altar, God said, I'm doing this for a purpose. My purpose is I will provide you a sacrifice. When God saw Abraham and made that move, he provided a ram to substitute his son Isaac. God wants to see you to move. He said, I'll keep you. I put my eyes on you. I look at you with a purpose. But God keeping you is when he look at you have to make a move. Whatever God has said, you said, Lord, here I come. Lord, you've been dealing with my heart. Here I come. Lord, I know I'm sick. But Lord, your promise has said by your stripe that I am healed. Lord, you said your word. You preach the gospel to set the captive free. Lord, I'm abandoned. I don't know how I'm going to get delivered. But Lord, here I come. When God saw you make a move, then he provides a sacrifice for you. That's the word Jehovah Jireh. It's not only just a Jehovah provider, but Jehovah sees. Jehovah, he saw. When Jehovah saw Abraham made that move, Jehovah said, I'm going to give you a lamb. When Jehovah saw you make a move, he said, I'm going to heal you. When Jehovah saw you parents make a move, claim your children, that he said, I'm giving your children. When Jehovah saw you in a desperation, so Lord, I'm in the drought. Lord, I'm in the coldness. Lord, as a little sin starts to get a hold of me. But Lord, I know your word said that I repent. Lord, I repent. This is the time that I have a seal of repentance. Don't let a lukewarmness got a hold of me, Lord. When God saw that you make a move, He said, I'm gonna provide passion for you. I'm gonna provide zeal for you. You that haven't come to the church, when you make that move, Lord, I don't care what is the COVID said. I don't care what about anybody else said about what. But Lord, I'm coming to the church. When God saw you make a move, He will provide a sacrifice. That's Jehovah Jireh. It's not just a provider without a cause. Jehovah Jireh, when He saw you make a move, He said, I'll provide. And far beyond what you can imagine. That's Jehovah. He sees. He sees you with interest and a purpose. The purpose is he want to provide you a sacrifice. In John 17, that's why in John 17, 12, that I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me, I have kept them. And none of them is lost. Listen to this quote. Brother Bram said, no matter what your need is. Now, 
God has already provided a ram for your sacrifice. God has already provided a way for your eternal life. God has provided a lamb for your resurrection. God has provided a ram to take those gray hairs and wrinkled face and return them back to a new man and a woman again. God has provided a way to straighten that croaked hand. Brother Milko, have you heard that? God has provided a way to take death of a cancer away from you and put life in there. God's sacrifice has already been provided. Why? Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah has saw. Thus he provide. John 6 of 37. All that a father giveth me shall come to me. And him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast it out. Have you made that move yet? You might not have a revelation, but you make that move. Said, here I come, Lord. When you come, he will no wise to cast it away. And he also said, I will keep you. Because I'm a Jehovah Jireh. When I saw you move, he moves my heart. I'm going to provide a lamb for you to do the things that you cannot do. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will. Jesus not came down to do his own will. But the will of him that sent me. You want to know what is his will? And this is Father's will. If this is it, that is not that. This is the Father's will. It's a singular. It's not a T-H-E-S-E. It's T-H-I-S. There's a single will of the Lord. One will. It's and this is the Father's will, which has sent me for one purpose. He'd been watching with interest. Now he had a purpose. That of all which he has given to me. Your coming shows you have been given to him. He which he has given me. I should lose nothing. That's the father's will. Father's will is make sure you don't lose any one of them. What about a little one? Don't lose them. What about a weak one? Don't lose them. What about the one hasn't become to the church? Don't lose them. That's the Father's will. That's the Father's will, Juniper. Bruce is coming. That's the Father's will. No matter how far it goes, Jesus said, I'm standing there for one purpose. That purpose is I lose nothing. He didn't say no one. He said nothing. Not even your hair will be lost. All your wrinkled face will come back to you. Beautiful, polish the face again. You don't need to do the polishing right now. It's coming. He said, I will lose nothing. Everything belongs to you. We'll all come back to you. Green hair doesn't belong to you. Black hair belongs to you. To use a blondie. 
He said, I will lose nothing. That's the will. God sent Jesus there. He died for that will. He's struggling in Gethsemane for that will. He did everything with a whip. It's for that will. It said, Michael said, is there any scripture hasn't been fulfilled yet? But when everything is, has been done according to the word, then he said, it is finished. In another word, I have lost nothing. I have kept them. Hallelujah. He see. He provide. He said, I'm going to keep. And I already kept everyone. Not one. Not one has been lost. Jesus can see. I came. I saw. I conquer. And I have kept. Everyone. Nothing has been lost. Oh, what a marvelous Jesus we served. That of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing. But should raise it up again as the last day. What is our responsibility? John 6, 40. And this is the will of him that sent me. That everyone which is seeth the Son with interest and with a purpose and believes on Him may have everlasting life and I will raise Him as a last day. He'll look at you with interest. He'll look at you with a purpose. That's the same word He used it for us. Two omnipotence met. When you seize Him Look at him with interest and with a purpose for the body change, for the going away, for the rapture. When you look at intensely into the word, what he has to promise, he said, I will lose none. Do you know your presence is here? He shows that has already been done. Your presence is here during the COVID, during all this year and a half. And when a church door is open, you show it coming over here. Not with weakness, but it was a double strength. That shows, I have kept them in thy name, Lord. This word has a... Just give me a few minutes, I'll wrap it up here. This word has another meaning. Seas. See or saw. Will be used of a general. Officially... Reviewing or inspecting his army. First of meaning means with interest and with a purpose when he sees you. But it also means the use of a general. You know general. An officer. The general that officially reviewing and inspect his army. That reminds me of a story. Brother Bram talking about a Caesar. And one day during the parade, 
And he said, I'm the one that I choose is going to be sitting on the chariots with me. And all his officers uh, polishing their plumes and the shining their armor, their sword and everything. And uh, they line up and the Caesar is going through them. And he was inspecting them and reviewing. And then uh, come to the end, he saw the soldier. The soldier was a... Uh, 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 not decapped, but um, he was just uh, defaced, and that uh, he got a scars and a marks is all over it is a body, and his uh, he looked at a dodge to his uh, uh, ball his head, and Caesar said, "Wait a minute." He said, uh, "Where you got all these scars?" And he put his chest. He said. The scars are fighting for my Caesar. And the Caesar said, you're coming. You come sit on my chariot. Because I'm not coming for the shining of the plume. I'm not coming for the shining of the shield. I'm coming for the person who got a scar. Who got a scar that's a fighting for their Lord. That's what he's looking for. I'm thinking about, when I think about that, I thought about all, all of you. I'm thinking about what age that we're living in. How many scars you have had? You said, no, I didn't get caught or nothing. You know, this is the greatest battle I ever fought. This is a no man's field. field. This is the battlefront. You know what is the battlefront for? It's testing power. The enemy. And then from the, from the lower side. The devil said, go to do this. The Lord fired a cannon. Said, don't do that. And just cannonball after cannonball. The Bible said, for I know, Roman 2, uh, Roman, Roman 2, 15, which show the work of the law written in their heart, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. The mind is a battle. You give an excuse or you don't give an excuse. You're thinking this way and then that's way. The mind has been bombarded. Never been aged like this age, Brother Gilbert. The mind has been fighting. You saw something happen to your children. You're worried about it. Then you saw them doing good. Then you're happy. But then there's still a voice in there. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. Just give me a few days. Just give me a few years. I will get them. And then the word of God said, no. And the cannonball from the Lord is shooting over. He said, don't you give it up. He said, believe unto Jesus Christ. You and your house shall be saved. You're battling. And then Romans 7 and 19 started, for the good that I would do not, but the evil which I would do that I do. 
Now if I do that, I will not. It's no more that I do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find that at law, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I say another law in my member, warring against the law of my mind, and bring me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. What a battling. Your flesh. One word of God. If you're just totally flesh, you don't need a battle. It's because the word of God said that is wrong. That's when the battle started. If you love drinking, and you say yourself it is a Christian, if you don't confess yourself as a Christian, you just go drink yourself to death. But because you're a Christian, the temptations is there. That's when the battle started. So when a battle, when a cannonball is fighting, smoke here, smoke there, the two thoughts was the testing power to each other. You know what after it? After the war is over, after the battle, the smoke is going down. You don't hear much voice, but you saw a lot of a crater that in this battlefield. This mine was completely scarred. The people they're fighting, they've got strands. They've got a drains. They become weak. They become stressed it out. What is that? The crater. Is that a word, crater? It's all from this fighting. But you know, that's what God is looking for. He sees with interest and a purpose. Is that to torture you? He saw your struggle. He saw that you're going through the mind boggling. That mind boggling doesn't just belong to the adults. It belongs to the children too. Probably they are even the worst. School teach this. They come in here to teach different. The world is the temptation is coming. But the church they're coming. It was totally different atmosphere. They're battling back and forth. It's a scar. The crater all over the battlefield. But God is our general. When he fired a cannonball, he know he's going to cause the crater. But he said, I'm looking for that parade. I'm looking for the one that is sitting on my chariot. I'm not going to the denomination to find some polished plume. I'm not going there to find some people that have polished their shield. I'm coming to look at the people with the scars. I'm coming to look at the people who's been stressed, but is still standing for the word of God. When the world is trying to do all the damage, but they're not compromised on my word. And because of that, they're going through mocking. They're going through jeering. They're going through the misunderstanding. Even the people, Christian, message believer, say, oh, you're just narrow-minded. You just don't understand. You're scarred. But you're standing firm on God's word. Says this is what God has said. I'm not compromised on the standard that the word of God has given to me. Our general, he saw that. He said, you're the one will come on my chariot. You have the scar. You have the marks. How many marks? Paul has had. He's been whipping. He's going through the shipwreck. 
It says the false of the brethren and the church is a bird and everything. And in the Galatian, the Galatians 6, 17 said, From henceforth that no man troubles me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I sure can say that Paul got a marks on his body. But I'll say Paul's age have no comparison to this age. Paul's mark is on his body. But a believer's mark is on their mind. They've been scarred. But you know what a scar, what a mark means? The mark means a pricked or branded upon the body. To ancient oriental usage, slaves and soldiers bore the name or the stamp of their master or commander branded or pricked, cut into their bodies to indicate that what master or what general they belongs to. Now think about the believers scar. The believers mark. Will you ever mean one through for the word of God's sake? That is the mark that has been branded on you. But you know what that mark indicated it too? It only indicated one thing. Who your master is. That's why I'm glad. Lord, let me bear the mark. Let me bear the mark. Let me bear the pressure from the work. From job. From school. From your friends. And everything that was scarred a mark on you. But that mark shows who you belongs to. You belongs to that general. You belongs to that great Jesus Christ that we've been loved so much. He is our master. What shows that we belong to him? Your scar shows that you belong to him. It's not just that your way of living or the things that you're coming to the church. It's that in your real life. That for the namesake of Jesus, for the word of God's sake, for the message in this hour, you're standing firm and all that. You'll be scarred and marred and mentally stressful. But God said, you belongs to me. And then I look at others, I only look at your scar. I look at your mark that you buried for me. That in this hour, that's branded, pricked it into your body. But that shows Jesus Christ. He is my master, and he is your master. Let a musician come. He might be left to you a forever mark that you cannot get rid of. I think of some of our single sisters. I think of some of our single mothers. Single brothers. And for the word of God's sake, I was thinking about what a scar they have been bearing. And that bearing also influences their children too. Nobody wants that. But because of the word of God, they're standing firm on that. Taking the dart, taking the arrows, taking the, the mocking and the cursing sometime and even. They left to the scar. But you know, God, He is a Jehovah. Jireh. Jehovah sees. When he saw that, 
He said, I'll provide a sacrifice for you. I'll provide something that you don't have. Something that you're lacking. I was thinking of some of our mom lost her son. Some of the sisters lost their husbands. But I still see the joy on their face. I still see their worshiping. I think one day, at one time, Sister Angela, uh, July, or whoever, uh, I think the forums said, you sing the song, I lost him. Uh, I, I forgot, but I didn't lose my worship. I maybe lost my joy, I maybe lost my, but I, but, and I never lost my praise. I think that word only belongs to the bride of Jesus Christ. No matter what they're going through, they never lost their praise. As Job said, the Lord give us, the Lord take us away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know why you can do that? Because you do it exactly like Jesus did. For the joy that set before Him. He despised the cross. If no vision to see the joy, cross become a torture. Burden become unbearable. Stress can crumble in you. But for the joy that set before you. God made Himself real to you. He let you saw the people that it didn't see. He prepared a heavenly home for you. He prepared the lamp can take away the gray hair to straighten up to the crooked in hands. What a joy has set before us, Sister Julia. That is what God has given to us. Then cross is not a cross anymore. Brother Branham said it become a feather bedded. It's not a fe- uh, chaff your shoulder any much like it. That uh, it was without to the feather bed. I just pray, may the Lord bless each one of you. Let us look at the joy that is set before us. Let us stand. Can we sing a song? Thank you, Lord. Can we sing it to be like Jesus? Is that a desire of you? To be like a Jesus. That's all I want. Amen. Amen. I believe God see that. Let's sing together. To be Jesus. Oh, to be like Jesus. On earth I walk. Oh, to be like Jesus. All through life's together again
You remember the quote to the last time that I had a quote to you just at the end of the service. Somehow I feel uh, just in my heart I want to quote that scripture, but I never, never really give you the the meaning why it becomes so real to me. If you don't mind, I'll just、uh, read it again to you. Maybe there's some of the people you're in that exactly the same situation, but I want you to know, want you to see what God has seen. This woman probably like、uh, some of us, but Ram said you haven't served God in the way that you should have. We all know what we should do. Even the young people, they know what they should do. No matter where life is. We all know what is the right thing to do. You've been here enough, long enough, to know what is the right thing to do. He said, "You haven't served God in the way you should have." Abraham said, "I could see that." He said, "You had a desire to." I don't believe there's any person that come to this church, listen to the preaching, and can go out said, "That's nothing, nothing, just a bunch of fanatic." You're coming here because you have a desire. You're sitting there listening tentatively because you have a desire. He said that you have had a desire to, but you haven't done that. Oh, the hard thing is to do it. Is to give yourself, to yield yourself, completely surrender yourself. You can't just let the desire lay on the shelf. You must do it. You must make that move. But Brother Brown would just ask a simple question: Would you serve him from now on? Put all your past as a past. Put all your wrongdoing, whatever that is, put into the past. But do you want to serve him from now on? Do you want to serve him from now on? Amen. But listen carefully. He said, "Who said this, Brother Brown?" No, God said this through a vessel. Is the prophet saw it, or is it God saw it? Remember, he's a Jehovah Jireh. He sees the sacrifice is there, but he can't provide a sacrifice until he sees you move. But now God saw that. He said, "You promised that." Is there no way that I know that? Only through God. Is that right, brother Francis? I see you trying. He said you even pray before you come here, trying to find favor, didn't you? You were kneeling by a side of a chair recently, where there is a little table sitting on the right hand side, praying. Is that right? Is that right? Trying to find favor. God saw her desire. God saw her trying. But the rest of the no one know that. He said, "But God, I and you, is that true?" But now this woman made a move. She came. She's not only just desiring. She's not only just trying. She become a desperate.、And、then she come to the prayer line. God saw her desire. God saw her trying, but God saw her come over here. 
And the Prophet Muhammad said, he said, that his spirit is here now, working through it, his servant telling you, you believe that? And I've told you the thing that's a hindering you. God told her what hinders her. You will accept him now? Will you do that? Does it take a year? Probation? Does it take a months, months? Take a one moment before the Lord. He said, forgive her, Lord. Brother Brandon prayed. He said, of every transgression, grant the Father that she will be your child from now on. Seeing her pursuing to you, seeing the mistakes that she made yonder, Father, your spirit is able to call it out right here at the platform. Upon the confession of this woman's faith, he said, in the Son of God, I come in the name of Jesus Christ, professing the gift of divine healing. You are made known. You can't hide any longer. Come out of the woman through Jesus Christ. Something has left to you. It just happened in that one moment at a time. When Jehovah saw her make that move, a provided sacrifice made it for that woman. He said, you accepted him? He said, you're healed. There you are. You feel different now, don't you? One moment of a time. He said, now you may raise your head. He said, sister, your sins are forgiven. And you are healed now. One moment of a time when she made that move, she desired, she tried. God saw that. Now she come, dedicated her life to the Lord. She accepted the Lord because God has to tell what is in her heart. Then she's not only sin forgiven, but her disease was healed too. Then Brother Bram said to her, straighten yourself up and go out, go off to the platform. He said, you are well. He said, walk real fast. I will walk real fast. When I heard, if the Lord has uh, forgiven my sin and has uh, healed it in me, I might do something very unusual that I probably never done. Well, I don't want you to bow your head. Is there anyone that hasn't really fully surrendered to God yet? I want you to come over here. Amen. Is there anyone? I've been reading this quote two times. I believe God is dealing with some people. Otherwise, He won't do things like this. God will require a fully surrendered life. When He fully surrendered, then He become omnipotent. I believe that should be more than what is just over here. You mean business to God. If you haven't fully surrendered to God, if in your life there's something still holding you, that in your life you know there's something Lord is dealing with you, He's tugging you, don't feel shame. I'm purposely doing this. I know usually they said, I'm about your head. I don't want you to bow your head. I want you to really mean business to God. Say, Lord, I want to fully surrender my whole life. If you haven't been saved,
you haven't really tasted what is the goodness of the Lord is. If you really don't know what is the omnipotent God living inside of you. If you really don't know what is the fullest surrender to life. It's not something binds you that you cannot do. But He keeps His eye on you. But He has interest in you. Has a purpose in you. You as a king. I'll pray for you. But I want you to pray yourself too. Don't just come in here and just laying there or standing there. You pray yourself as well. You tell God, Lord, I haven't fully surrendered myself. Lord, or I'm a sinner. Lord, I've done things that is wrong. Lord, I have a desire for you. But Lord, it's just something that's holding me. You pray, warrior, that on a Monday night, you've been praying for this. Why don't you just come in the forest too and lay hands on these brothers and sisters. And lay hands on them and pray with them. Let us have a real prayer meeting. Don't let us the prayer meeting just be on a Monday morning. Let us have a real prayer meeting. Dedicate our life to the Lord. No matter who that is. No matter what reputation that you may have. That in this church. Or don't have any reputation that at all. But this is an altar. That is going to put our whole life on it. Let God himself that speak to you. That God Himself, what He did to Brother Branham and into the prophet, and said, You have a desire. You have a desire for God, but you haven't done that. But now you're trying. Does He saw your desire? Yes. Does He saw you trying? Yes. But does He saw you coming? Yes. He saw you coming. It doesn't take a year of a probation. It doesn't take a purgatory when it casts against that. It takes a one moment in the presence of a God. Oh God. Lord, we're coming to this altar, Lord. Some has a desire of you. Some has a trying. But Lord, I believe these are the people that is not just a trying, not just a desire. But Lord, and they move forward. They're not moving to this pulpit. They're not moving to a man. But Lord, they are moving to you, Lord. Lord, I pray, let your Holy Spirit come on these people, Lord. Lord, consume their life, Lord Jesus. Lord, they're putting their life on this altar. Lord, they're not putting their alcohol on this altar. They're not just putting their lust on this altar. But they're putting their whole being on this altar, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just pray you, let your spirit dwell inside of them. Lord, that you are the one that can wash the people. You are the one that can cleanse the people. You are the one that can sanctify the people. You are the one that can fill them with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Oh, Jesus. I know you can do that. Lord, I know you've been dealing with me on this. Lord, I yield myself to this. Lord, this is all I can do. But Lord, you have to do the rest of it, Lord. You have to do the rest of it. Lord, that the people coming with the mean business. They're coming not because of the music, not because of the story. They're coming here because of you have used a word to prick on their hearts, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, you have to give them a chance. And then they follow this. They follow the dealing. 
of the dealing of Jesus Christ. Lord, that they come to give themselves to you. Oh, Jesus. Great Lamb of God. Lord, you have taken the book, Lord. You have taken the book because you are worthy to take the book. The book of a redemption. Lord, you give to the prophet of this book redemption. You reveal in this hour. Lord, and now the word has to reveal the book of a redemption. Now it is their portion, Lord. Oh God, I pray you, Lord, let him reach out to take that book, to take that book of a redemption. Know that a redemption has been paid at the fore. Know that all their sin has been paid at the fore. Know that all their loved ones has been paid at the fore. Oh God, you have a pay that for them. For it is not them that is to pay. Lord, but you have a paid in full price. Oh God, it's a moving in your children, Lord. Moving your children, Lord Jesus. Lord, that they are coming here. They put their self on that altar. That altar of your heart. Lord, let the fart of a God to consume in each one of them, Lord. Lord, they break through, Lord. Lord, they disregard their reputation. They disregard their prestige. Lord, they do not feel shame about you. Lord, that's why they're soberly coming before this altar to give their whole being, give their life, Lord. Lord, some praying for their full surrender. Oh God, if there's anything in them that hasn't fully surrendered, Lord, and may they lay it right here. I write that it's a moment. Because when they fully surrendered, Lord, you can fully come into them. So God, just come into each person, Lord. You know their hearts, Lord. They've been desiring you. Oh God, they've been trying. Lord, you saw their prayer. Lord, you saw this sitting at a chair to pray. You saw they kneel down there at the bedside to pray. And God, if you saw that, you must have a, a sacrifice that provided for them. You must have that Jesus Christ, that a sacrificial lamb has provided for them. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God has them in business, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fill my cup. Fill my Oh, hallelujah. Don't stop. Just keep praying. We can sing a song. The people that to the, to the congregation, that you sing together and just pray together with them. As the musician continue to play, let the Lord fill our cup. You ever seen the Lord has been moving? I believe the Lord it will never be stopped. You ever saw the Lord ever moving mightily? That is among us, among our young people as well. But don't let it just become a, to some fewer people. But that is a revival wind just to start to blow through. There's a whole congregation. I think we have for one of us, we need the refilling of the Lord. Refilling of the Holy Spirit. Let Him work it on us.
Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just to pray for each other. Just a little Lord has started moving. I believe that God is here to meet every people's need. If you mean business, just to pray to it him. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, fear, fear my God. Hallelujah. You cannot sing.
love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy.
every fetter Jesus break every fetter
for our Lord is. Has He touched you? I believe He touched you. And I believe He touched me too. Let me give you a secret. Brother Bram has said over here, He said that somebody say, what is a divine healing? Does it, does it last all the time? He said it lasts just as long as faith lasts. He said a salvation last the same way just as long as the faith lasts when you feel that you are not saved anymore you are not saved for it's by faith 
are you saved through grace. You're saved by faith through grace. Instead of when you come to the altar, what do you do? You confess your sins and you ask God to forgive you. Have you done that? And then in your heart, now get it, in your heart, you have to believe that He has forgiven you. You don't feel forgiveness. You don't see forgiveness. You believe. In your heart, not here, in your heart, you have to believe that He has forgiven you. And He has forgiven you through your faith. By your faith. Through grace. His grace has no limit. Your faith might small. Might uh, limited. But His grace has no limit. By faith. Through His grace. In your heart. You believe He forgives you. You have to believe that. Then you walk away from the platform and then you have to confess it first you made that move you watch God do the rest of it that you are saved you are healed you are filled you have surrendered He sealed you with the Holy Ghost He said you can't just keep it under bushel you can't do that confess Believe it. Testify. Lord, you have done something great. You don't have to wait for the camp. Today is your day. Right now it is your time. He said, He said, you can't just keep it under bushel. He said, you will lose it right now. If you're in mind, he said, I'll just keep it to myself. You lose it right now. He said, you gotta confess it and tell everybody that you are glad. It's not you telling everybody, hey, I'm saved. You tell everybody, I'm glad. I'm glad something has done to me. I'm so happy. Lord has done something special to me. You must be glad first. You rejoice. Lord, the life is coming. Lord, the life has filled me. Lord, I have surrendered. I feel released. I feel glad. Why? Because I have surrendered. The burden has left me. You have to confess that testify you are glad you might not feel anything yet but you confess I'm glad I'm glad I can come to church I'm glad that the brother Tom has prayed for me I'm glad I give my heart to the Lord future it belongs to future but I'm glad what happened to me now how many Christians is here let's see your hands all right, oh my, a hundred percent, I believe. Each one of you, God saved you in the same way. By faith, you could have come here and cry and pray and pray and cry all this week. And next week and a month, you'd still be a sinner until you accept Him by faith. Is that right? It's not your crying 
that saves you. It's your faith that saves you. Is that your crying that heals you? It's your faith that heals you. Is that crying that delivers you? It's your faith that delivers you. Is that your crying means that you surrender? It's your faith. Lord, I laid it down. I'm not going to take it back anymore. Your faith, not your feeling, not your sensation, by faith. When you believe by faith, sensation will come. Crying will come. Tear will come. Emotion will come. But that's God's doing. You've done your part. You watch what God will do His part. Then when you accept it, you believe it. And somebody say, let's say if you look at it different. Why? You still got brown eyes. You're just the same as you always was. You can't show nothing that you are saved. That's why I said, confess, you're glad. Because you can't show nothing you are saved. He said, you can't show nothing that you are saved. Only you are testifying of the unseen. He said, your faith says you are saved. You believe you are saved. Do you believe? Then you say you are saved. Can I hear say that you are saved? Then you act like you are saved. What do I act like saved? You become a rejoice. You testify your God. And then, the first thing you do, pack up your Bible, dress up, come to church. You said, is that easy? That's your step. You made that step. You watch God will speak to you. You make that move. You got, You watch God will come on the scene. Will totally transform you. And then you act like you are saved. Then you associate with those that are saved. Sever your friendship with the people that's not your friend at all. Sever your relationship with the people can only do you negative. Fellowship with them. Fellowship with the give. With some of them that they can testify, they can strengthen your faith. Watch who you are associated with. He said that you are associated with those that are saved and a work righteousness. Is that right? And after a while, after a while, everybody know that you are saved. You are saved. You are healed. You are delivered. You have surrendered your whole being to the Lord. It's the Lord's obligation to fill Whatever that you emptied it out, He won't leave you empty. He will come to fill every corner, every fiber that is inside of you. May the Lord bless you. Let's sing the last song, Jehovah Jireh. God is my provider before we go. And uh, if you want to keep praying and keep asking the Lord, keep yourself in that atmosphere. And the Lord have many, many more things that it can be done and it will be done that in your life. We just believe that. Let's sing together Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Yes, Lord. Provider. You are more. Right.
still in our mouths. You're the Jehovah Jireh, Lord. Jehovah has sinned. You have solved that. And then you provide a ram for Abraham. Oh God, you provide a lamb for us. Lord, you saw that the people have moved. They're not moving just by emotion. They're not moving just by sensation. They're moving by the word of a God, Lord. That's why they're coming before the altar to dedicate their life to you. To surrender their whole being. Lord, you're not asking them to surrender their alcohol. You're not asking them to surrender their lust. You're not asking them to surrender their cigarette. You're asking them to surrender their whole being. Because all the rest will follow. But Lord, you want have something to do with this being. So Lord, you want to have something that one is surrendered that you can feel them, Lord. Oh, how you eagerly want to feel each one of them. That's why we come before you. Because we know that you see, Lord, that you will feel, Lord. You will provide for our need. Lord, I'm so thankful that you deal with our congregation, Lord. Deal with your children of God. Lord, as the prophet, as the message has said, that it's the Malachi who turned the hearts of the children back to the Father. Lord, it takes the Malachi 4 to turn the heart. 
Lord, the man can only turn the mind, but Lord, only the Malachi 4 can turn the heart. So Lord, as their heart is turned towards you, Lord, I pray that something, that it was something solid, eternally, eternally done, be anchored in their heart. Lord, that may tonight, if today, be a memorial day for every one of us. Be the day that we drive our post down. Be the day that we anchor our face down. We know it is already done. Satan has been defeated. Lord, you are the victorious one. We thank you, Father. You have conquered our soul. Lord, you will keep our soul. We love you, Lord Jesus. Be with your children. Lord, if there's anyone that is still lingering, Lord, you be with them. If there's anyone still wondering, Lord, I keep, I ask you, keep dealing with them, Lord. Lord, I know it's a hard battle. Lord, I've been through, I was through those same battle like some of the young men has been went through, some of the young girls went through. But Lord, if you have conquered me, Lord, you can conquer them. If you have kept me, you can keep them, Lord. We give you all the glory and thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless every one of you. Let's shake hands with each other. And just keep it in his atmosphere. If you wanted to pray, you can come in and pray. And if you want to pray it in your seat, you can also pray it as well. Just may the Lord bless every one of you. Shake hands with each other. Say the best thing you can say. May the Lord bless you. God bless you all.